eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good Monday afternoon. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. We're streaming live on our YouTube channel. Already got about 100 people live on here waiting for us to break down some news for Illinois basketball in the transfer portal. Marcus Domask, a Southern Illinois transfer three-time All-Missouri Valley Conference player, commits to Illinois. We got Derek Piper, Jeremy Warner here to talk about it, break it down. And uh, I would encourage all of you who are on the YouTube channel, give us a like while you're there. We love doing these lives. You get notified when you do that. And uh, if you're just listening on the old... uh, podcast route we appreciate you give us a follow wherever you get your podcast because we'll be doing this throughout the season Derek we talked a week ago we didn't bring up Marcus Domask a lot I talked with uh, Isaac Trotter last week didn't talk about him a lot but then you broke the news put out there that Domask was visiting this weekend and it must have gone pretty well because uh, they just added a proven division one score division one player what do you think of Illinois landing Marcus Domask yeah, it was a little stealthy, and not that the staff has any experience doing that, right? Yeah. But uh, he'd only been in the portal for less than two weeks now, and it seemed like hearing and getting the background leading into that visit that Brad Underwood just instantly fell in love with him as he dove into the film, reminded him in many ways of Thomas Walkup from his time at Stephen F. Austin as a, a, a guy with some size that can be really multidimensional offensively, that can play mid-post, can play on the outside, uh, shooting-wise – career 36 percent three-point shooter which is pretty darn solid given the volume there at southern illinois and, and the passing something that i definitely noticed when i went back and watched some of his games i know that brad and the staff really highlighted and saw that and two big areas of concern last year for illinois offensively shooting and passing not having enough of that so uh, i think he can be a playmaker a guy that can set other guys up from different spots on the floor i think he can shoot it especially in more of a complementary role i know he had to take some some shots where he's the focus of the defense or late clock when you got stars having to do that. Uh, his catch and shoot on open ones was ridiculously good. He shot 50% from three on, on catch and shoot open. So I, I think that in a, a spot at Illinois where if you do get Terrence Shannon back or if you get a, a really, really good point guard that can operate and, and draw a lot of attention, I think some open looks, as we saw RJ get last year, as we've seen guys like Jacob Grandison get uh, in the past, can be something that he – is able to take advantage of. So 
I think it's a very nice get, a guy that can can play a role, uh, that can play different spots on the floor offensively. You do wonder, as you translate to the high major level, some of his offensive numbers against Ken Palm top 100 teams, as you graded out, uh, shooting-wise, not the best. Again, offensively challenged uh, SIU squad, but as you can see there, pure stroke, uh, shoots it well. I think catch and shoot will be something he can really do. I think he can pass it. And defensively, we'll see. Like, his synergy numbers last year on, on defense were pretty darn good, but he was guarding a lot of fours at the Missouri Valley level and, and even some fives. I think he guards more wings in the Big Ten, and, and we'll see how he handles that against more athleticism. But I know that Illinois is excited about him, and for a first domino where you can still add a, a handful of other guys, seems like a really good get. Yeah, Derek, I just read your What It Means piece on our VIP side. I would encourage people to go check that out. At one point, I – I think you make, and and I think we've talked about here, uh, not on the podcast, but just between ourselves, is this kind of a, a versatile piece that can fit whatever else you land now, whatever else comes back. Like if Terrence Shannon comes back, this guy can play with him. If Coleman Hawkins comes back, I think these two will love playing together just because they're great passers, they see the floor well, and this guy cuts. Uh, Illinois had a cutting problem at some point this year where guys just didn't move offensively. And I, I think that's why Brad Underwood likes this guy so much, even though it's only one year of eligibility. And, and I've thrown this comp out there the last couple of days. He reminds me a lot of Sam Greasel at, at Nebraska. And it's not just because they're both white players from a mid-major level. It's just their skill set, their numbers, um, they're really good passers. They don't turn it over a lot. They could both shoot the three. Um, Domask has done it at a much higher clip when you talk about volume than Sam Greasel did at, at, at North Dakota State. But um, they're both uh, can three-level scores. They get to the free throw line. He makes his free throws, Derek. He just does a lot of the things this team really struggled with, right? And Luke Goody wasn't healthy. R.J. Melendez had, had that slump. This guy at least gives you a proven guy that even though he's going up a level, and as you've mentioned, who can he guard? Does it come as easy? Uh, the you know the contested shots, all of that. But we talk about passing, shooting open shots. I, I think this is going to translate pretty well. For sure. And like you said, with Shannon, it's not like he's someone that needs the ball to operate a lot offensively. I think he can play in that spot up role pretty seamlessly if you need him to play make I think that's something that he can obviously do but it's not like one of those big decisions that's looming for Illinois with Hawkins or Shannon is going to really impact his fit or his impact so I, I definitely like that uh, like you were saying just the movement without the ball uh, being a, a very experienced guy high IQ guy I think that definitely plays and as you're watching on the screen like he can play in that mid post there's almost a little bit of of Tyler Wall to that uh, ability, uh, not that he's as as dynamic maybe as Tyler in, in the footwork and everything, but he's got the ability to kind of hit that turnaround jump shot and it, just the plug and play to, to put him in different spots in the offense is is definitely exciting uh, for him as well. So, uh, like you said, he can get to the free throw line. I do think they'll want to work with him. Uh, one thing that you look into the stats and kind of watching uh, some of the tape is that contested finishes around the basket not the best. Um, We'll see if, if they can maximize that a little bit more. And then again, you're not asking him to be this super downhill threat. But yeah, yeah for uh, I'm interested to see as we go along, like as we push toward the season, will Brad want to play spread? Will he want to play ball screen? I, I think that's obviously still a lot to play out. But uh, just having something even last year I thought we'd have more of is just the more dynam dynamic players uh, around maybe a point guard or just a, a wing that can 
that can pass it, that can drive it, that can shoot it. Didn't necessarily play out the way that we thought. Like, RJ was kind of pigeonholed into a spot-up shooter, started to do more off the dribble. Uh, Ty had limitations as a scorer. You, you go on up the line, and there were there are guys that had limitations, like Sincere, too. Uh, I think that he can do a lot. And kind of on the note of RJ, this is a nice response. I know RJ was someone they wanted to bring back, and RJ has a lot of upside and obviously a, a better athlete than Damask. But to this point, Damask is a better shooter, a better passer, more dynamic of a player and, and what he can bring. So uh, I, I think that that is all all positives, and I think he'll fit whatever else they do in the offseason. Yeah, and I think we're talking about just secondary playmakers, right? Like, we'll get to it. You clearly still have not addressed your huge need of lead guard. That is not what Domask is. Like, right? They, but if you have, if Terrence Shannon comes back and Coleman Hawkins comes back and, and Domask is there and you have Ty Rogers and Sincere Harris, maybe a little bit if he can continue to grow, you have guys who are a little bit more dynamic with the ball in their hands. Like, RJ couldn't do that. Like, Luke Goody, when he's on the court, not really a guy who's going to be um, that kind of player off the dribble. So, uh, to get those guys who can also shoot, like this I think is is really really important um and Missouri Valley man like I kind of feel for him Derek because this is basically what they're serving as now which is develop your guys for three or four years and then they're going to go to a higher level I can't blame blame Damask but uh the fact that he performed at a high level at a conference that is has gotten weaker here in recent years with some of their defections but uh, the fact that he filled it up at a, at a high clip like that uh, has to give you confidence he's going to make an impact. Like, he's not – Greasel isn't a perfect comp for him. I think Greasel's a little bigger, a little bit better at finishing around the rim. But you saw Greasel become a, a good Big Ten player, and I think Domas can be a, a good Big Ten player. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you even look at some of the additions that – if you want to – I know last year you're trying to compare and contrast, like, what did what – did, what worked for Kansas and winning the national title? UConn. I mean, to get Calcaterra as a shooter from from San Diego and Tristan Newman to, to fill in there as a bigger guard from ECU. It doesn't have to be the the high profile, high major transfer that comes in and is already on draft boards. So uh, while Damas did declare for the NBA draft, he's been very productive at the mid major level. We've seen that uh, be a success story for a, a number of guys, and I, I just think that that. Again, we'll, we'll learn more as we go along with the mask and kind of how he fits in everything. But by all indications, it just seems like a guy that can play a role, will be happy with it, will uh, be able to be someone that just is a, a complimentary piece around what you already have. And if you do need to, him to be a little bit more of a – in some lineups, be a guy that can score it and, and, and play make, I think he can do that. I know that fans are going to wonder. And we, we got to see how the dust, dust settles. Like, is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be someone that you – lean too heavily on and, and I Neil, understand Neil's asking that. that question is he a starter or is he a bench is he a sixth or seventh man listen he's gonna be playing 20 plus something minutes like he, he's gonna be in a very important piece of this team yeah for sure I don't think you get him without having that on the table and him seeing that role there I mean Notre Dame is, is a roster that's pretty open at this point as they're trying to figure things out and, and lost a couple of pieces still waiting on a decision from Cormac Ryan and uh, those that I think on the front end, we were kind of joking, I know, in our group message about just the, the swing of emotions it takes on Marcus Damas. Like when he it first comes out that he's visiting, it's like, oh, that's underwhelming. That's I don't know it. If he's that's it. Yeah. yeah is, he, is he any good? And then it's then go into the weekend. And then for some reason, this offseason has a lot of just obscure buzz that comes from I Lord knows where. But uh, at one point it was, did he even visit Champaign? Did he just commit to Wisconsin without even showing up, which wasn't true. And 
people were freaking out. Like Brad can't recruit. This would have been a big piece. And obviously he lands today. And um, I think that, yeah, he'll, he'll play a, a decent role, whether it's off the bench or starting will probably be determined on whether Shannon comes back, yeah. what Hawkins does. And then if who else they ultimately add, but he's going to play and he's going to be in that mix. Lou Goody too, Ty Rogers also, but he's different than those pieces. Like he's yeah. better shooter than Ty, more offensively geared than him, more dynamic off the, off the dribble than Luke. So um, there'll have to be some battles to to be made between those players, but I just like that Damas can slot in different spots on the floor offensively that, that allows you to kind of make those combos and, and make it all make sense. Yeah. I think, you know, the reaction of Damask, like when he was visiting, they, everyone's looking for the, the top 10 guy. I mean, Brad Underwood set a high bar last year, Derek, with the transfers he's going to land. Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer, two of the most desired transfers of last season. Uh, but Dane Danger ended up a really good piece, and he was kind of almost under the radar. Um, now, Danger, you get many years here, multiple years. But Damask is a, is a very good addition, and I think it's okay to, to be excited about a guy that could be the second or third best transfer you add this offseason. Like, if that is your second or third best, like, it's probably going to be a pretty good offseason. Uh, and a lot depends on whether Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins come back. And that's that's got to play out here. We still have not heard from Terrence Shannon, which I continue to find. Why would he do that, Derek? Why would he do that? I don't know. We will find out, hopefully, uh, within some time here. But I just like adding this piece, Derek. Um, you still got a long way to go. But as we said, he can just play with anybody you add here. He can. I think that's important. I think that as far as uh, I would imagine, as you kind of evaluate what happened last year and, and look towards uh, this season, I'll be interested. I know we're trying to catch up with Marcus Damascus, his comments on the site, but I feel like someone that is maybe more bought into a role and a little less. I know Brad spent the first like two months of the season, especially after the early success, talking about we versus me guys, guys being all bought in on Illinois and just being having that fit where maybe they're not thinking as much about themselves and they're, they're more bought into the team. And I think that in hearing some of what came down to the decision-making is that Marcus Mass wanted to go to the next level and as far as the high major level and win. He wanted to, he wanted to be on a winning team. He wanted to be on a team that obviously he fit um, in terms of the, the skill set and everything and the play style. But uh, I think he wants to be a part of winning. Uh, I think that they probably are evaluating some of these complementary pieces, maybe more so I'm not saying in – in substitution for those big stars, if you were to need those or want those in the portal. But there's something to be said, UConn being an example, other success stories of having some complimentary pieces that you address via the portal. It's not just let's go get a star or two and and roll with, with everything else as far as freshmen go. I think that could be a big benefit of having a guy like Damask as a role player than relying on three or four freshmen like you did last year, at, the, at least at the forefront. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Got a big picture topic I want to talk to you about here um, based on this edition and, and based on some other guys that they could potentially add now. But what is the focus now 
Derek. We, we, we mentioned Lee Guard is obviously there, um, but wh- what do you see coming up next? What do you think is the next domino for this team? There's still a number of things that have to play out, as we talked about. What's Terrence Shannon going to do, and, and what's that announcement look like? I imagine he's going to make one. I, I would think soon. Now, I'm as I wouldn't say shocked, but surprised or just wondering what's going on as to why he hasn't come out with one yet. Yeah, one thing I've heard is you get your draft sheet back, like from the NBA advisory committee. They they give you like the one sheeter. It says like where they think you're going to get drafted. Maybe he's just waiting out on that. But he's he's declared once, and from my knowledge, Derek, you can declare twice and withdraw twice. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I would still expect him to do it. But so the fact that he hasn't done it is just interesting to me. Just interesting. Yeah, it does build some anticipation. You wonder, you know, what's going on there? Is he considering staying? Uh, you know, the fact that you go on a longer period of time. I do think we've talked about it in previous podcasts. I think he's given that a, a legit consideration, but it makes you wonder where his head's at. I, I still, if I were to guess today, would think that he's going to declare for the draft and, and go through that process. It would make sense for somebody that's early second round. But on that note, as he goes through that and, and still waiting a, a final decision, I think it, it would be hard for Illinois to go all in on trying to get a, a big-time wing to replace him or just stand pat. Like I think they're kind of caught in the middle there. So I think the same thing with Coleman Hawkins, too. They will, they'll want to stretch four. We've talked about that it makes sense for Coleman to come back, and that's probably where it's leaning right now. But and I think that, that Coleman could even impact the conversation around a big man because they do want to get another big man. But depending on the skill set, one of those might look and see Coleman played a decent amount at the five last year. Maybe as we, we've talked about before, like a Caden Shedrick, who I know is commanding a lot of interest, just visited Duke, but he was one that was high on the wish list. It's just there could be some challenges in selling one of those while you still wait things out with Coleman. So I think that that's why those positions might be on the back burner. Point guard is, of course, the biggest priority. I just think the waiting game continues. We saw a couple of names come off the board recently. Ace Baldwin going to follow Mike Rhodes to Penn State. LJ Cryer, who wanted to play some point guard, made his uh, process pretty quickly going to Houston. It's like some of these guys know where they're going to go, Derek, once they enter the yeah. portal. That's surprising. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of that is the back channelings there and, and those evaluating certain things before they even go in the portal. There's, there's a lot of that. We've, we've talked about before, if you're maybe surprised by a guy hitting the portal when he does, it, it might already be too late because there might have already been some digging, some back channeling and all that. So, uh, I, you also see Jalen Cook, who was one of the top point guards on the board, Tulane, and, and decided to go to LSU. So I think that Illinois will still play out that game to see who else is going to come available in the portal. We know the NBA guys, some like Matthew Meyer, wait down the line a bit, a little bit more as they get their feedback then to go in. And let's be honest, like it, it's been, I know even our own Eric Bossy tweeted last week, like those that are at certain spots who aren't in the portal, all, all these guys have agents essentially are all like back channeling and saying, okay, my guy's getting this here. What can he get elsewhere? Some that maybe don't make sense, like on paper, why would this guy leave, are considering it. So I think that point guard, obviously, as Illinois has a lot of opportunity to sell, could be something that they look into. I do think combo guard, secondary playmaker, is something you can address even while some of those other things are going through the process, while Shannon is is making his decision. I don't think that that has to necessarily be determined on well, if Shannon comes back, that that need doesn't make sense. They need more ball handling. They need a guy that can play a role. So I think that there's a, a, a good fit in that sense to, to play a secondary playmaker, maybe even play on the ball some when that point guard, whoever it may be, is off the floor. 
they can go out and sell that. And there are a couple of guys I know we're going to get into that it makes sense, or at least Illinois has been involved with. Let me bring up one of those, Derek. Well done. Uh, transitioning into this. And it's a Chicago kid, Justin Harmon, out of Utah Valley. A kid that I'm sure would be highly interested in Illinois. Uh, and Illinois has shown interest in him, obviously. Um, what do you think about his potential fit? A, a guy who averaged 15 points, wasn't a league guard at Utah Valley, but I, I think we're seeing in this video we're showing on our YouTube channel, like he's got some playmaking ability uh, and he's got some scoring ability. From Chicago, was a standout at Chicago Curie um, and a guy that had a really, really good NIT as they went to the semifinals, put up like 21 points per game and the NIT shot it above 50% from the field. He does play in ball screens a decent amount, at least he did there at Utah Valley. Was not the point guard like you were saying, but still got a lot of opportunities on the ball and he can go get you one. He's got the ability to, to go downhill and score, uh, hit some pull-up threes. His, his three-point numbers on the season were about 34%, if I'm remembering correctly off the top of my head. So not a, a dead-eye shooter, but a guy that can get going and shown the ability to hit some pull-up threes. But like you see in there, he can make some passes in that pick and roll. He can hit the big man on the roll and, and do some of that. The one knock is that his turnover rate was really high. So yeah. uh, for being a if – if you were to sell him as a point guard, I think that that's something that would really stick out is why he wouldn't be your point guard or, or uh, the guy you would target at that at that spot – but I think that he can be someone that is that two guard that can play a combo role that can that can push it in transition some. And I, I think he's a he's a nice player. Also, you know, you get six foot four, you got decent size. He graded out pretty well defensively. And again, like home state from Chicago, that would make sense. Illinois has reached out, and another a number of other programs have as well. But um, really showed well in that uh, that NIT and. Uh, had had a big game, I believe, it was in New Mexico, put up 30 plus. So, uh, I think that there's a, a decent to like about um, a decent amount to like about him, and uh, would make sense. I think he's one that you could add without needing him to have an answer on Shannon. Yeah, and and he's a guy that man, Derek Utah Valley had a great season, made a nice run in the NIT. Mark Madsen, former Lakers, known for his dancing at the the parade with the Lakers championship. Uh, he's now at Cal. Um, so I would imagine that could potentially be an option for him as well. So I imagine he's going to be at the high major level. But again, there's another complimentary piece, Derek, that just offensively there's just a little bit more dynamic to him than Illinois had when they just got, man, like just so stagnant at times. This is a guy who's old, and uh, it seems like Brad Underwood is is really valuing old right now. He is. You see some athleticism there in those clips too on some of those dunks. It's – uh, obviously would be exciting to add to. And yeah, I, I just keep coming back to that as well. It's like sincere was limited offensively and you had guys that were just spot up shooters. Although we, <laughs> we saw those that were kind of struggled in that role too. So uh, having some more uh, dynamic pieces, guys that can play, make guys that can make other people better. There wasn't enough of that on last year's roster. Those that could, you know, drive a close out and, and see a rotation and hit, hit that pass on time and on, and on point to to lead to that next play to, to make it work for the offense to really have some flow. Like they didn't have enough of identity or flow offensively. I, I think that's important to get other guys like a Damask, like if they were to get someone like Justin Harmon, who's got a bit of uh, experience playing with the ball in his hands, that, that would be key. And yeah, I mean, Brad has said before, get old, stay old. Uh, he went to the portal last year to, to get some older pieces, but and we've talked about, 
the downfall of having maybe too many freshmen, especially on the on the ball, the you know the elite guards, the combo guards, and Epps and and Sky Clark that that came back to bite Illinois, and I don't think Illinois ever wants to be in that situation to rely yeah. too much on those youthful playmakers. So I think that especially of guys making decisions, he wants those that have experience, and I think too like roles, like role identification. Guys that aren't going to be unhappy because, hey, I'm supposed to get mine. Hey, I'm supposed to be this NBA guy. There's something to be said for maybe going into the the mid-major route and, and getting some guys that might just be hungry. all right playing a role. <laughs> yeah, hungry, um, bought in. I mean, a Chicago Curry kid getting a chance at the Big Ten when that's probably what he dreamed of uh, when he was a kid. Damask, clearly, wanted to probably play in the Big Ten, probably wanted Wisconsin uh, out of Wapen, uh Wisconsin. Uh, so Chris asks, like, I sure hope we're aiming higher than this in our conversation about Justin Harmon. Listen, I get it. It's just like in free agency, man. Like, I was going to bring this up with Damask. Like, you know, TJ Edwards was the Bears' first edition. You're like, oh, okay. Well, what's next? Like, what's going to be the bigger one? But TJ Edwards can be a really important player for, for the Chicago Bears. Or, you know, Justin Harmon might be like a Nate Davis offensive lineman edition that can be important. Can't be your best player. But, man, Derek, this team does need depth. I mean, they lost a lot in the transfer portal so far, and they potentially lose a lot to the NBA draft. Right. Yeah, it's important to find that ability to build a a team that works together. I think that sometimes – I mean, Brad would probably even tell you that they tried to get – I wouldn't say their goal was to get the most talented roster possible, but they went and accumulated a lot of talent when you look at – the most talented and, and highly regarded recruiting class they've had in the past decade, pieced with some of the top transfers in Meyer and Shannon, just didn't work. It, it, you got to be able to have those pieces fit. And I think that getting some guys that would make sense as role players that would understand that's their expectation, they could buy into that. And, and even if, you know, if Damask is a, a fringe starter or maybe a guy that's like a sixth man type, uh, and then if you were to get someone like a, a Justin Harmon, we should also probably mention like a Chance McMillian as yeah, a shooter yeah. from Grand Canyon. There's some other pieces that don't wow you in where they're coming from or maybe what their their statistical profile is just in terms of points per game or how they rank in a in a transfer portal rankings list. Like there's something to be said for having some of those guys that can can be role players and that can make it fit and, and have the don't worry about egos too much. Don't worry about having multiple guys trying to be a star. So I mean, where did like Adam Flagler from Baylor come from? Presbyterian, like mm-hmm. Sir Jabari Rice coming off the bench for Texas. How crucial was he down the stretch for him? Like Jalen Pickett, Jalen Pickett from Siena, like Andrew Funk from Bucknell. Which, like, hey, if you're not sold on Damask, well, who wanted him? Micah Shrewsbury at Notre Dame. Like, I, I think Illinois could have played some more ball, like uh, Penn State's offense this year. Maybe not defensively, but offensively for sure. Yeah, and again, like Shannon's decision will highly impact your want to go get a full-fledged star and also your ability to go get one on the wing. Like As he sits there right now without having made a decision, it's hard to go and fill that role. If he's gone, then you can go out and whether it's players that are in there right now or those that will still make decisions, you can go fill that role. Uh, I think that's kind of what you got to be able to value. What What have you lost? And what is that opened up on your roster? So we know point guard, there's a ton of opportunity to sell, as we've talked about. There's going to be some more dominoes that fall in terms of guys that are available. You, you will see them take big swings. I think at that position, 
and potentially at big if Hawkins is, is gone or Shannon. Um, and then some of those returning pieces that can make those those jumps in development. Ty should be one of those. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how Luke does and Sincere as well. So I, I wouldn't concern too much, especially on the forefront when you've got a number of spots to fill. Like if you only had one or two that you could go out and get, then I understand maybe being underwhelmed. But yeah. you, you got a, a number of guys you need to go get. I mean, there's still the potential of only four scholarship guys coming back uh, to this team. So, like, you still need guys to play. And, and we can put Sincere Harris or Ty Rogers or project what they're going to be next year, but that doesn't always happen. Look at R.J. Melendez. Look at uh, Sky Clark for our freshman projection. Right? It, it doesn't always happen, so you need competition. Uh, obviously, lead guard, Derek, it dried up a little bit over the weekend, as you mentioned. Ace Baldwin as expected follows Mike Rhodes to Penn State from VCU uh, as expected Jaden Epps goes to Georgetown not that Illinois was going to bring him back but uh, that's another guard that goes somewhere uh, and of course LJ Cryer decides to stay in the state of Texas and go to Houston where's that leave Illinois in their point guard pursuits Cryer would have been a guy that would be high on their wish list I, I know that we talked about on the last podcast how you would evaluate him in terms of probably wanting a pure playmaker to pair with him if you were to put him in the same backcourt. Uh, Illinois would have loved to swing to to get a visit. I know that it came out right before his trip to Houston that he was considering another one to Kansas State, potentially a visit to Kansas. Houston just made a ton of sense. They lose Mar Marcus Sasser. They played well with having Sasser and Jamal Shedd in the same backcourt. Both had the ball in their hands a lot. And, I mean, he's from just outside of Houston. So, uh, Kelvin Sampson has been able to have a lot of success with his program and then also some guys uh, being able to like Quentin Grimes going there from Kansas making that work as far as a transfer and then like I said Marcus Sasser and, and Shed. yeah I, I understand most people listening to this don't like Kelvin Sampson but boy he's a good coach he's a really really good coach really good coach and um, as far as Ace Baldwin goes another one that I know that Chester Frazier was trying to work and, and get in there because he had a a lot of ties to him obviously in the Baltimore area and someone that had he wanted to go elsewhere and not follow Mike Rhodes that they would have a lot of interest in him but he did ultimately go to the Big Ten unfortunately you're gonna have to see him a really good two-way player defensive player of the year and player of the year in the A-10 and I think as you look around and see who's still out there I mentioned Jalen Cook's another one that is off yeah. the board now to LSU so a lot of these that were top point guard options Kirk Kreeza has has gone to West Virginia. Not that Illinois was really heavily in the mix there. One of, one of the most intriguing fits, because he doesn't really play much defense. Uh, yeah. So Huggy Bear with him is, is really interesting, but I digress. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, so I think it's kind of to echo what I said earlier, I, I think it's one that you just gonna have to play a little bit of the waiting game. I think more names will come available. I can't necessarily pinpoint one right now that off the top of my head. I know uh, as you look at uh, Andrew Nimhard, entering the portal for Creighton and having a lot of Arizona buzz like Teron Armstrong was someone that seemed to be trending towards Arizona the transfer from Cal Baptist the six foot six Australian point guard Illinois loves him in terms of his his passing and his ability to make plays on the ball he's considered a, a legit pro prospect but uh, it had been seeming to trend towards Arizona I don't know if he's going to open things up now I think that it came out that He's now going to consider Creighton. I don't think Illinois – he may have cut his list. I don't think Illinois was on it. But I don't have expectation that they're going to be huge players there as much as they probably would have liked to be. 
I think it's going to be a waiting game. I, yeah. I think it's you, you would look at the the draft, who's in and who might pull out. And then also, like I said, if there's a big name who you wouldn't think would transfer in a, in a normal environment, we're, we're clearly not uh, clearly not in that because there's a lot of NIL races going on right now. People kind of kicking the tires on what's available for them, and maybe they will want more money somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, we, we've speculated. This is just pure speculation, right? So on my part, so I want to make that clear to anybody listening. But like me and Trotter looked last week, Trotter and I, uh, looked at the potential draft guys, and, and Ray J. Dennis from Toledo would make a lot of sense. I know there's rumors of other guys that could potentially enter the portal who are definite proven point guards, like – I feel like Illinois will definitely be in the mix for people like that. And as we've talked about, Derek, like, you know, they are connected. They hear of, of who's likely to enter the portal. And the fact that they're not going for like tier three guys at that position makes me think they are going to have a chance to, to land a talented league guard at some point. Yeah. I think if, I think it's very fair. If they didn't feel like they had a big chance, number one, a lot to sell, like the fact of, having the ability to hand the keys to somebody, the fact that they have the NIL money to be able to to go out and be aggressive, feel like they can they can fare pretty well against any competition out there. Not to say they're the biggest fish in the sea when it comes to NIL, but they're in the top yeah. 15, top 20. That's kind of my gauge on it. But if they didn't feel like they could go out and get somebody that they could play the waiting game and not get burned, that – they wouldn't be doing this. I think they would probably be looking into trying to be a little bit more serious in their pushes now. So uh, whether that's, again, an uh, NBA draft, someone else that could become available, or maybe a couple that yeah. I, I know that when a guy like Hunter, like when Hunter hit the portal, that was one that really sent shockwaves around the country. There, there could be another one of those, another a couple of those. So we kind of got to wait and see that process. Still a lot of time between now, about a month left in the portal window for guys to even to just go in so uh still plenty of time Derek I want to ask you about some of the guys who've uh have committed to Big Ten programs here coming up but I do want to ask you uh Damask is a, a one-year guy we just talked about Justin Harmon who's who's a one-year guy what do you make of that because there's one part of me I'm going to add fuel to the fire here it's like well Terrence Shannon could come back and you have one if if Terrence Shannon comes back and Coleman Hawkins comes back yeah, give me all the one-year guys because I want to make a run with that crew. Um, but, you know, we came in kind of thinking, all right, you got to go get some multi-year guys you can build around. Right now, Damascus is, uh, is the only one committed, but some of the other guys we're talking about are one-year rentals, basically. Yeah, I think as we go along and, and see how it gets filled out, it'll be interesting if there are another year where you're leaning on those one-year guys. We thought Shannon was going to be one. I know that he yeah. had the COVID year, but – the full expectation when he was added was that he was going to be here for a season, elevate himself on, on draft boards, even though he was already considered someone that was being looked at and invited to an NBA combine that he would be gone after one year. So uh, if he turns into a two-year guy, that's a huge win. And I agree with you. If you can bring those guys back, why not put some real veteran role players around them and try to maximize this season if you were to lose Shannon, I still think you could be pretty good. If yeah. you get Hawkins back, if you make a big splash at point guard, and, and, and uh, like you said, if, if you lose Shannon, go out and, and sell a, a big role on the wing. Not to say that Damas couldn't step in there and, and play a, a little bit of a bigger role than maybe you forecast right now, or just as you don't know about Shannon. Uh, yeah, it's just, 
as you hear, as I as I talk to people in the in the coaching circles, it's just you build your roster on a year by year basis. There it is. That's what it is. That's yeah. what it really comes down to. I know that by getting multi year transfers, you don't have you don't have as big of a risk of those guys leaving because by the transfer rules, like they shouldn't be able to leave. But that's just kind of the way it goes. And Brad knows, and not that he's he doesn't run from it. There's high expectations at Illinois. There's yeah. high expectations that he sets for his program. There's high expectations externally that the fan base is hungry to win each and every year. And the portal gives you a chance to be competitive, to be a tournament team. At a place like Illinois with the resources that you have, the talent you can go get, you should be a tournament team pretty much every year, if not every year. Yeah. Like it would be harder in the in the past where the way that your cycles and recruiting go, you could have graduate four or five guys, maybe a guy jumps early to the draft, and then you're going to have a down year. But mm -hmm. it, with the portal environment, you shouldn't have those. So I think that's what it is, is that you're trying to to win every year. And there is value, though. I think that they're – I think that they're still considering, and I, I've even heard there is an increased emphasis, at least at looking at guys that have multiple years. It just doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be automatic. Oh, we got to take a guy that has two or three years left. Yeah, because that's not even a given, right? Like, it's not a given that, that guy is going to stay for, for a long time. So, listen, I, I think the ideal would be multi-year guy who can make a big impact for, for all those years, but you don't sacrifice quality for a quantity of years. Like, I, I think that's probably true as well. So it's going to be fascinating here moving forward. Uh, you, you could even lose a guy to the draft. Right. Like, you hit you hit on a multi-year transfer, whether he's thought of as a draft pick or not, he comes in and, and does what you expect to do or even higher, he could go to the draft. Yeah. And that could be a one-year situation. All right, I want to ask you quickly, let's go across the Big Ten about some uh, transfer additions here. Caleb Love to Michigan. What do you make of that one? Namari Burnett and Caleb Love so far. Will it bring uh, Hunter Dickinson back? I'm not sure. But just in a silo, what do you think about Caleb Love playing ball at, uh, for Juwan Howard at uh, Michigan? They needed to make a big splash. He's a big name. I know that there's a lot of anti-Caleb Love stuff out there. I, I get it. I mean, he did not have a good year. He's an inefficient guard who's going to kind of be a chucker. He's going to take a lot of shots. I think that he was part of the chemistry issues at North Carolina. I think that's fair to say that's been buzzed about. But to go into a situation in Michigan where they lose Bufkin, they do still have Doug McDaniel, who I liked quite a bit, the way that he progressed last year. I think they can fit together and see how that goes. And just what version are you going to get of Caleb Love? Like, If you get the one that helped UNC make the run in the tournament, then Michigan could, could really have something there. But – uh, I don't blame Juwan Howard in a year when you lose Dickinson or at least have the chance to lose him that you got to go out and maybe take a couple of roll of the dices and understand yeah. that maybe it's a it's a high upside guy that has a has a floor to him obviously he does but they they need some help and to get a veteran like we've seen Juwan I, I get why he might feel burned by just having guys that maybe leave a year too soon at least in terms of his program goes so uh, get somebody that's already a veteran uh, this is a different ad than a Mike Smith, obviously, than a uh, – I, I always forget the other guy's name. Who was the guy last year? Devontae Jones. Yeah, there you go. Devontae Jones. Um, I, I get the risk-reward for, for Michigan. And with Namari, if he's healthy, we'll, we'll see. It's been a long time since yeah. Namari's played a consistent stretch of basketball. He was a prospect that I really liked and Illinois really liked, but it's been a while since he's been able to be himself. Uh, Jameson Battle, Ohio State. 
I like it. I think that you, you they're going to be a talented team. Like they're going to have a really good recruiting class coming in. Devin Royal comes in, uh, and you have Bruce Thornton coming back. Imagine, I mean, Bryce Hensibal, no expectation that he's going to stick around, but uh, Akpara has the ability to make a, a nice jump as a, a kind of a, a slender big man that's athletic and a rim protector. Uh, I think that he can do well going forward. I, I'd be interested to see. I don't think we've seen news yet on Sean McNeil. I think he has one more year if he wants it to opt into a COVID year. I think he'd be a huge addition by coming back to Ohio State as well. Uh, Justice Suing, is he out of eligibility or not? I believe not? so, yes. So yeah. that feels like the Suing replacement, right? And and a guy yeah. that, you know, listen, Minnesota's offense was, was pretty atrocious. It was basically just two guys trying to carry an offense with him and Dawson Garcia. I'm interested to see him in a role where he can, you know, he can go get a bucket. He's proven that. Not always the most efficient, but maybe just be more of a catch-and-shoot guy with Bruce Thornton running the point guard there. Yeah, we'll see how much he buys into that. And that was a question mm-hmm. that Illinois had about him. They were in, interested, I think, obviously, with Shannon and, and being up in the air. That was one they couldn't really move on, even if they wanted to. But there was that how much of a of a high-volume team versus him trying to go get his own is he going to be. Now, yeah. the best version of Jamison Battle, like not even just as a standalone here in Champaign, like – Two years ago, one of the better players in the Big Ten, one of the top scorers in the league, efficiency was pretty good, shot the three better than he did this past year. Obviously, 31, he reps for in Champaign. Just, he was too up and down, too inconsistent, and one that's going to take a lot of tough shots. At least he did at Minnesota. More talent around him uh, at Ohio State and, and maybe buys in a little bit more into that team concept. It, it, it The upside of it is pretty darn good for Ohio State. Obviously, there's downside if he does – be kind of a hero ball because I think that part of the buzz and why it didn't work at Ohio State is Sensabaugh and, and Suing both wanting to be an alpha and go get their own. It didn't seem to really jive that well for Holt, for Holtman this past year. Uh, speaking of Missouri Valley, um, Lance Jones, SIU guard, averaged 14 points uh, per game last year. Man, Brian Mullins can't be happy about this transfer portal. Uh, I think his three top players have all left. Evanston native going to Purdue. So adds uh, some guard depth, Derek, and uh, not a great three-point shooter, but he has made a lot of three-pointers uh, in his time there. So what do you think of Lance Jones to Purdue? They need some experience there to go with Braden Smith and, and also uh, – oh, man. Fletch, Fletcher Lawyer, yeah. Fletcher Lawyer. Too many names, man. My, my, <laughs> my head is clogged with – Yeah, I'm, I'm, th- I'm throwing these wow. at you, but, yeah, it's just like just add more guard depth, right? Basically – probably replace who is the transfer guard they just added last year uh david jenkins david jenkins they yeah. lose brandon newman brandon newman decided yeah. to leave so they needed depth there and experience to to go in that backcourt obviously helps because that seemed to be something that was looming for purdue and thought that was why a lot of people thought they would be a downfall in the tournament they were obviously i don't know that Lance Jones is like, oh, that, that won't happen to them again. But yeah. I like Smith and, and Lawyer. That's a good combo that, that needs some time. Yeah. And now they have a lot of experience under their belt. And, and just to put another guy in that mix. But yeah. I wonder about the shooting. And I think that as you look at, you know, studying SIU a little bit more closely here recently, I know his numbers in terms of he put up, like like you said, 14 points a game, but wasn't a lot of shooting around yeah. the mask. and. Putting that around him, though, can really elevate his assist numbers to another another level. Yeah, don't know if I'm pronouncing this name right, but Ben Cricky, Ben Creaky, uh goes to Iowa from Valpo. 
Roger Powell, congratulations, getting that Valpo yeah. job, uh, former assistant there. But 6-9-4, Creaky, uh, Creaky uh, 19.4 points, 6 rebounds. That's the Keegan Murray, or Chris Murray replacement, excuse me, I would imagine in their offense. And for a guy looking to take a next step, that's a good offense to be in. Yeah, Fran McCaffrey has offense figured out. Yeah. And you get Sanford back, uh, that'll be a nice – piece for them and I, I don't I think as far as Fran McCaffrey goes not that you know the Murray brothers came in with a decent amount of hype but obviously Garza was a, like a three-star uh, Wieskamp was a top 100 but not considered a stud like he's been able to even any turn Rebracha into a really nice player this past yeah. year he's been able to develop offensive talent and uh, they do need it losing Chris Murray and that's a lot of a lot of points to replace all right, Derek, let's get to uh, a couple comments before we get out of here and wrap up. Um, uh, why is he only such a good get after he commits, uh, referencing Damask, um, but when he visited, he was considered a nothing burger? Again, it's kind of like my Bears thing. It's like, well, TJ Edwards is the first one. You're expecting like the biggest one first, and that's just not how it happens here. He's a good piece, and I think just the more people dive into it, and it, it wasn't a name we were talking about, Derek. So maybe that was a part of it. People are like, who's this guy? I don't even know who he is if you, have, if you don't watch any Missouri Valley. So maybe you can blame us for not having the intel there. But Illinois kept this one pretty quiet. And uh, I think the more you dig into him, the more you watch him, and the more we talk about him, I think more people get to know him. They're like, oh, okay, he can be a nice piece. Yeah, and he'd only been in the portal for about a week by the time he visited Illinois. And it did seem to be something that progressed quickly with Underwood really taking the lead on that recruitment. And I know that's something that is probably a conversation to have at some point. Um, that means he likes him, though. Yeah, you like. That means he likes him, right? Yeah. So to him to do that, but I think if you read what I wrote as far as you know what it would mean when the visit was announced, like I didn't say that he was going to be a nothing or a guy that they shouldn't be looking at. There was some around the fan base that were underwhelmed or whatnot, but. Um, if you're asking why the fans are... Yes, I think that's what the question was. It wasn't directed towards us. It was more yeah, towards the fans. Yeah. Why the fans are reacting differently. The fans needed some good news, let's be honest. They needed something to celebrate and get excited about. And yeah, when when a commitment pops, you usually like to look at it from the best case scenario, at least to be excited about who you're ultimately going to get. But uh, the way that we looked at it, thought it would be a nice piece going in. And as I've dug in more, and obviously as you, you forecast it forward, because he is and we put on the orange and blue, I think it's a, yeah. a nice piece now. Uh, Dom asks, having a one-year Damask come in is fine as long as he's not inhibiting the development of Rodgers or Hansberry. Listen, we could talk about this, Derek, but Illinois invested a lot of time into Sky Clark, invested a lot of time into Jade Epps, and look what happened. Like they, they basically, hey, this is yours, here's the table, and both of them are gone within the year. So, Hansbury, I expect to play. Rodgers is going to be an important part of this team, but you just don't hand them the keys before they they earn it. Right. You know, I think Rodgers is fully ex- expected as he takes steps forward to be a a really really good piece and a guy that can slot into a number of different spots. Really, one through four. I think he's going to have the ability to play a little bit more at point guard if you need it. I don't think, fortunately, if you get the the guy or two that you want in the portal, you're probably not going to need it as much, but it is just a unique matchup and one that you do a little bit of the, the Jalen Pickett, yep. big guard on the ball, be physical if you want to. That's just a unique look. He can play anywhere 
the two through four, obviously. I think that's why I like Damask being someone that doesn't necessarily overlap or cancel out one specific guy on your roster. You're not going to say, well, he comes in, so good he's not going to play, or he's going to come in and Ty's not going to play. As far as Hansbury goes, I see him early on as probably – we'll see how his jump shot is. This We'll hear about it this summer, and then we'll see how it goes into the fall and early in the season. If it's something that's still not – still takes some time to progress. He's probably more of a small ball five than yep. anything early on. And I think that he can play some four, uh, maybe even with Hawkins. I think that would be something that you maybe play Hawkins at the five or, or however you want to do it. You, you play one on the outside, one down low. Um, I don't see Damask being a guy that overlaps him too much. Hansberry has skill, like good passing, can do some things outside of the paint. But without the jump shot, teams yeah. aren't going to respect him as much. I think that's something that's going to be a key for him. I'm as big of a fan of Ty Rogers as anybody. You do not going go into next year thinking that is like our primary or secondary guy that we run offense through. Like if, I can think he can play point with certain guys. Um, I, I love his versatility, but we still got to see it, right? So I, I think his development's gonna be fun to watch, but just not the guy like you hand the keys to quite yet, at least in my perspective. Uh, Brandon asks, is Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn going to be similar type of player as Epps? I don't think so, Derek, but you can break that down. They're a little different. Now, I think that you look at Gibbs-Lawhorn, more explosive athlete for sure, yeah. a guy that can finish above the rim, uh, a little bit more the the quick twitch. I think Epps ha- kind of had that. He, he was quick, obviously compact build. Uh, you look at the three-point shooting, probably similar in that they're capable three-point shooters. I probably and can get on heaters, but he had some inconsistency. I wouldn't say knock down three-point shooters, either of those coming out of of high school. So uh, I got to dive. Admittedly, I got to dive in more on the, the Gibbs Lawhorn uh, overtime stuff. He's longer. He's more athletic. Stuff, yeah, he's longer. He's more athletic. I feel like I knew Jaden Epps would translate scoring at this level. Yeah. Um, you know, just he, he had a uh, – you've seen him more than I did, but like he just had the ability to go get you buckets. Like, I feel like Dre mm-hmm. Gibbs-Wallhorn, um, maybe not as proven, but obviously very talented. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting too. I have some questions about Gibbs-Wallhorn on the ball as a point guard. I wouldn't yeah. – really expect him to be that. I know that Brad and in, in evaluating him liked him as far as his decision-making in ball screens, but there are times that I saw his handle needs to get cleaned up some to really be a, a guy that reps that that spot a lot uh, in the Big Ten. But I think that if he can really commit to the defensive end because of his athleticism and his ranginess, he could be a, a pretty good defender uh, early on. I think uh, offensively a guy that can attack the basket We'll see. It's always tough for freshmen to come in and be big time shot makers. So I don't necessarily expect that out of him, regardless. But yeah. um, they're they're a little different for sure. But hopefully he buys into a role and and can translate because it was good to see him get those those minutes after making the move from Mount Vernon because he just wasn't playing a whole lot there. Yes. And you wondered what is that going to mean in terms of can he help you because he hasn't had a, a whole lot of lot of time. Yeah, he really played well with overtime. Um, so. Tim asks, another guy we're all forgetting about is Nico Moretti. He's going to surprise people with his craftiness and speed. Yeah, the kid can handle. He's fast. He's really thin. Uh, I think you got to treat him like he's a true freshman again next year. I mean, you know, he's a red shirt technically, uh, but he came early so that he could get the, the development time with, 
with Fletch and with Palmer Johnson, the team nutritionist. But I still think he's probably a year away, Derek. Now, of course, he's going to have the opportunity. Um, but I, I don't think Illinois is going in thinking Nicolo Moretti is going to average 15 minutes a game. No, he's, he's thought of still as more of a long-term piece, a guy that, like you said, they like his playmaking, his vision, uh, the, the type of things he can do in ball screens. But he is still very skinny. I worry about him defensively because I think that he's not the most quick of guys and it also can be exploited with his lack of size and strength. So that's something that I, I wonder about. Has the ability to shoot, but we'll see if that can be more consistent from three. I like. I think he has a – a decent pull-up mid-range game from three is capable, has deep range. Uh, that kind of is the difference maker. One of the differences between like early Curbelo coming out of high school versus Moretti. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Curbelo quicker, more athletic, and, and, and things like that. But they don't see Moretti as being a, at least as far as what I've heard, being a, a big impact piece next year. Can, can be in the mix and see how he competes. But I think it's still another year or two down the road before you really talk too much about him. All right, I'm not hiding from this one, Derek. Any fire behind the Tiger smoke, Jeremy? Listen, Tiger Campbell is this question of whether he'll come back to UCLA, whether he'll go overseas, whether he'll go to the transfer portal. If he goes to the transfer portal, Illinois should be all over him. Obviously, uh, there's a connection there with Tim Anderson, who was at DePaul when Tiger Campbell was committed to DePaul for a second there. Um, but he hasn't entered the portal yet. So uh, same thing with a bunch of other guys people can speculate. Yeah, on that note, there are some big names that get thrown around, and, and Tiger's been a little more – it's been a little more public in terms of maybe some Twitter buzz and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, that's a name that you hear as far as being a potential addition to the portal because you see a guy that obviously has accomplished a lot in college, and can he go out and, and make more NIL money uh, versus, you know, what he can see out of a different destination than – at UCLA, but yeah, it's it's hard to speculate too much on a guy that's not currently in the portal. I know that we usually like to to yeah. hold back on that, but yeah, it's it's out there as far as him possibly becoming available, and Illinois would have every reason to be interested. But um, yeah, it's hard to go too much beyond that. Yeah, I would I would say this too. He he entered the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament. Doesn't mean he can't come back, but if he participates in that, like uh, Courtney Ramey did that last year, I think he had to serve a three-game suspension, uh, I believe, uh, after participating in that. So that's something to consider uh, as well. Uh, I think that's about going to cover it, except for this one, Neil. Any update on Hunter? I was going to bring that up, too. we got to <laughs> talk Hunter, right? Yeah. He had, a, what, a Zoom with Kentucky, Zoom with Arkansas. have not heard of a Zoom with Illinois. And it, I'd be pretty and shocked if he came here, yeah. Yeah, I'd be shocked. Maryland, um, there was a weird thing about Kevin Willard. Has he gone all in on him or talked to him? Um, I, I think that Maryland makes a lot of sense still. Georgetown could. I, I think that there's a thinking that Ed Cooley is going to have a lot of appeal and resources NIL-wise. Obviously, that's close to home still for him. But Kentucky, like we've talked about before, if they're losing Shebway. 1.5 million or whatever it is that he got in NIL, you could sell that to Hunter. Uh, Kansas is another a school that's been linked to him. We know Bill Soft's done really good with some big guys through the years. I don't think you're going to see much as far as Illinois involvement with Hunter going forward. That was my yeah. prediction as of now. I just don't think that anything's going to come of that personally. Well, Derek, in, in one week since our last one of these with you, um, a lot's changed, and uh, I would imagine within the next week a lot will change. 
Let's not make too many uh, predictions of what next week's podcast. Let's not fill out the itinerary. We'll That's leave right. it open, and uh, we'll we'll convene next week and have probably yeah, like you said, much more to talk about, and, and maybe even before then, who knows? Yeah, we got to stay on uh, alert. Maybe have to do an emergency pod. Well, I'm sure Derek and Lante will have more of this on the radio uh, coming up. Do you got no Cardinals game today? Uh, no. Okay. Cardinals so. play tonight in in Colorado and. Boy, they've been scuffling. Only Jordan Walker excitement is the only thing that has me going. Well, the White Sox are hurt again, so that's happening. Uh, so, yeah, I guess uh, I'm going to have to deal with Austin Berkland uh, sending me the standings of the uh, White Sox and Cardinals being worse than the Cubs for a while here. Uh, but uh, anyway, Derek, appreciate your insight, man, uh, as always, and uh, we'll reconvene next week. Sounds good, man. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. All our YouTube uh, guys, unbelievable. More than 400 people watching this live during a work day. Uh, Appreciate all you guys. Give us a like on your way out um, and uh, follow us. Wherever you get your podcast, we'll upload this very shortly afterwards. And, of course, check out Derek Piper's What It Means, uh, what uh, Marcus Damask brings to Illinois. And I'm sure we'll have plenty more on Illinois basketball, Illinois football in the coming weeks. And I'm starting a story on the NFL draft. Uh, Joey Wagner and I are heading out and traveling the country and maybe outside the country uh, for the uh, NFL draft. And uh, Derek and I got to figure out, uh, are we going to Spain, Derek? One of us going to Spain? We got to figure that out. <laughs> we we got to figure that out. Uh, Zona basketball is heading out uh, this summer on the European trip, which is a nice thing for them, right? Uh, a bunch of new pieces, get some extra time together and some extra games together. Could pick worse spots to go hang Spain. out. And I know Brad's already talked about wanting to enjoy some wine and they're going to hit up Barcelona and a couple other places. Uh, the Italy trip when I went was was pretty awesome. So I'm sure yeah. that they will have a good time. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have to figure out our coverage plans for that. Yeah, uh, might have to draw straws on that. Uh, <laughs> my wife might be fighting for that one, Derek, so we'll see. I, I don't blame you. You guys missed out on Ireland, so ah. you want it. Ah, that would have been great. Sorry to bring it up. That would have been great. Uh, But everybody, thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.